Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of How to Live the Podcast, where we have real, meaningful, and fun conversations with people who inspire us. And sometimes we just have them with each other. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon. I hope that the sun is shining wherever you are listening to this because holy crap, I forgot how good sunshine feels and blue sky looks. Sunshine is just like the best natural gift of the universe. I know. It's like how I say that mango is nature's lollies while sunshine (laughs) is nature's gift. It's so true. And like a blue, blue sky. I just don't understand people who are cold weather people. Like I can't actually fathom it because I feel like blue sky and sunshine equals happiness. It's just like a mathematical equation. Yeah, 100%. Even when I'm stuck at home, if I'm outside, even in my little courtyard and the sun is shining, I'm a happy human. Happy human, for sure. So really excited to get into today's episode because the topic is astrology, which is something that Steph and I have been getting super into recently. And I actually saw an astrologer. It was one of the birthday presents Elliot got me. And she did my whole natal chart reading and showed me the way that it all looked when I was born and how that makes up who I am. And holy crap, it gave me chills. It was so good. It's funny. I feel like so many people I know are seeing astrologers at the moment. It's kind of like a thing in 2020. I don't know. Things are so crazy in the world that people are looking for some sort of meaning or explanation, but it's so, so topical right now. Yeah. And I remember coming away from my session with her and saying to you, I feel like I just learned so much about myself, but at the same time, I didn't receive any new information. And I think that's what I find so cool about astrology is that so much of it, you already know about yourself. And it so resonates because you look at your actions and you think to yourself, whoa, I really am like that. Or whoa, I really do do that. But to see it there so plain as day, this is the chart when you were born and it means this. It's crazy. I know it's crazy. So what was the like best thing that you learned about yourself? So my ascending is Pisces, which I had actually known already, but I didn't really know what that meant. And essentially it's why I am very creative, very emotional, very empathetic, which are things that I feel like I really tried to shove down and shy away from in my late teens and early twenties. You know, I didn't want to be an emotional and a sensitive person. I didn't think that those were qualities that I really wanted to cultivate, but seeing it there on my chart so plain as day was really cool. Cause it was like, ha you tried to run away from them, but they're so deeply a part of you, which I feel like is something that I have learned through just living my life. Yeah. So just little insights like that into my personality were really cool. So, so good. Well, with that, let's get into today's episode. It is with the incredible astro twins, Tully and Ophira Adut. They are identical twins who are professional astrologers. They've done some awesome celebrity readings like for Beyonce and Stevie Wonder. And we chat to these two all about the astrology basics. So if you're coming into this episode and you're like, whoa, ho, ho, I don't know about astrology. I feel pretty skeptical about it. Well, this is the episode for you because we're definitely going to go through all of that. But then we also look at how astrology impacts who you are as a person 
often and how you can use it to better yourself and better understand yourself. And also taking a worldview of what astrology means for the world and what the stars said about 2020 and why we are living in this crazy world. Stick around to the end of the episode to hear what we're going to be chatting about next week. And here are the Astro Twins. So what star sign are you guys? We are kind of chatting about that. We wanted to know if they resonate with you. Totally. We're Sagittarius sun, Scorpio moon, and Capricorn rising. Yep. What does that kind of mean? You know, it's kind of a weird combo. We're fire signs. Who's Leo? I'm a Leo. Okay, Jess is a Leo and Steph is the Aquarius, right? So Leo definitely is like a fellow fire sign. Definitely have that passionate creative energy but Aquarians really balance us and harmonize us a lot Aquarius is like a best friend we have a lot of Aquarius BFFs for sure so yeah isn't that funny so Steph's here to just balance us all out today balancing you guys that is her position yeah I was Uh reading about what it means that I'm Aquarius and Gemini rising because I only found that out yesterday and it was like double air and I don't know what that means exactly but I feel like I'm very airy Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally. Air signs are yeah, very social. They would be into podcasting and technology and talking to people and learning about people and ideas and all of the things that you're into. Yeah. Communication. The air signs are all about that. Cool. Leo's find the, the talent and keep the show going to it. You're opposite signs. So you bounce off each other really well. Yeah, yeah. Jess is such a Leo. Like when I meet other people that are Leos, I can just feel the Jessness in them. 100%. I can even do it myself. It's weird. So we wanted to ask you guys, you have this incredible story and we wanted to know how you both got into astrology together. So both of us were kind of curious. This was in college. The internet hadn't exploded yet. So we'd go to the bookstore and read all the books about different signs, our sign, the guys we were interested in sign, our friends signs, the people they were interested, you know, and and just start to remember little details. And then my college boyfriend did my chart for me as a present. He got it done at this spiritual bookstore. And I got this 30 page printout that you know, I didn't really understand what a chart was, but we have, Tali and I pretty much have the same chart. And so we discovered we had four planets in Scorpio, even though we're Sagittarians. And those are very different signs. So it explained this whole other part of myself that's attracted to mysteries and likes to, you know, do puzzles or put things together. And everything made so much sense. I was like, wow, there's this is kind of the instructions that people come with. And so We ended up finding a little piece of software and doing our friends' charts for practice or for curiosity and just being like, wow, this is so accurate. I don't even know what to do with myself. It also kind of dovetailed with when we were in uni, as you say it there, (laughs) with us publishing a multicultural women's magazine called Hughes. This was in the 90s. There wasn't the internet that we have now. So there weren't blogs and things we would read magazines on paper and they would have a very limited model type. There was a lack of inclusivity 
with beauty standards and, you know, even just weight. Most models were blonde and blue-eyed and skinny. And that's what everyone grew up thinking they should look like. And so we wanted to produce a magazine that gave voice and image and just basically took the template of a women's magazine, but actually had an inclusive staff and images. And so But astrology wanted being the sort of thread that ran through it. You know, the thing that brought everyone together on the team of Hughes, as it was called, was a shared love of astrology. As you know, when people get in a room together now, astrology becomes such a topic. People maybe open up the CoStar app on their phones or check their horoscope for the day or try to guess people's signs. But astrology unites. It brings people together. And and it, it was that common theme among the people who worked on Hughes. And somebody from our magazine gave us our first job at Teen People magazine. was like, they need an astrologer, you guys. And we we're like obsessed about it for so long. And writing was our thing. And so we got the job really quickly. But we we're like, we're actually making money doing this. And we literally haven't stopped since. Yeah, almost 20 years of it. Yeah. So awesome. We were able to bring those same messages in through astrology of accepting differences, embracing differences, allowing yourself to be who you are because you're an Aquarius, you're a Leo, you're this, you know? What an incredible message to send. Firstly, you guys were so ahead of your time that you were creating this diverse magazine when, you know, the 90s was very much all about stick thin blonde supermodels. So that's really, really cool. And thanks. we love that we also ourselves started a shoe brand with this idea of really wanting to include everyone. So it's so cool that like, oh, cool. you know, astrology really does bring everyone together. You know, whether people really believe in it or they don't, everyone kind of grew up reading their horoscopes in the newspaper or their magazines or whatever it was. So, so cool that you guys have been able to create a career path out of it. We're so excited to get into everything astrology from you guys. We have so much we want to learn from you, but we thought we would start at a place where, okay, so some people are naysayers and they're like, oh, you know, this astrology stuff, I don't know about it. I don't know if it's for me. So what do you say to them? First, I say something that usually surprises them and I say, that's great. You shouldn't believe anything you don't understand. So... You know, a lot of people say they're skeptics and I tell them actually the definition of a skeptic is someone who suspends judgment until they try something. Otherwise you're a cynic, which means you shoot something down without trying it. So if you're a cynic, then let's not even talk about this anymore because I'm not here to convince you. But if you're a skeptic, let's do your chart and see if you see something more than just kind of the sun sign horoscope you see on an app or a website because there's this whole cosmic code. And if you don't believe it or it doesn't speak to you or do anything for you, great. In essence, try before you buy or deny. I love that advice. So my boyfriend, he would identify probably as a skeptic, but after Mm -hmm. your definition, I might call him a cynic. And I'm going to use that one on him next time. (laughs) A lot of that cynicism or whatever comes from the 18th century, the age of enlightenment. Astrology and astronomy were united for centuries. In the Middle Ages of the great medieval universities, there was an astrology chair. Galileo was an astrologer. 
Pythagoras, Benjamin Franklin, and Thomas Jefferson cast the star chart to do the United States Constitution and the Declaration of Independence and chose a day where the stars were in a certain alignment. There's so much in history. So what happened was the Enlightenment age came along rebelling against some of the superstition and control of the church. And so they began to dismiss everything like astrology as well and talk about reason and science. And it wasn't until the 20th century magazines and newspapers started to print these little daily horoscopes that sounded like fortune telling again that it became popular. But so stereotypically guys are like, I'm a scientific rational dude. So they don't know the history, not to be long-winded about it, but if they knew that astrology was the providence of men that they kind of want to be seen as for centuries, they might not be so cynical anymore. Mm, Love that. (laughs) So we would love to hear the astrology basics. When people are saying like Saturn is in Pisces or there's a lunar eclipse in Capricorn, like What does that actually mean? What are we looking at to determine people's astrology? I like to explain it like this. So, you know, those science class diagrams of the planets making a circle around the sun, right? Imagine the planets are all in orbit and then we freeze frame them at any moment in time, right? They're going to wind up somewhere in this circle, And imagine that we divide that circle in 12, like a clock, and each one of those 12 slices is owned by an astrology sign. So between one and two, we have Aries. Between two and three, we have Taurus. And that can move at any time. As an astrologer, you know the timing of it. Like Jupiter spends 13 months in one of those slices. Saturn spends three years in one of those zodiac slices. So there's maps called an ephemeris that astrologers look at. And so we can look ahead hundreds of years to know where planets are going to be. So when someone says, hey, baby, what's your sign? And you say, I'm a Leo. The sun was actually in the Leo part of the sky for this 30-day window. And so the moon will move from one sign to the next every two and a half days. The only difference between those science class diagrams and astrology is that instead of the sun being at the center of the wheel, the earth is at the center in astrology. So it's like, here we are on planet earth looking up at the sky and it's as if all the planets are orbiting around us. That makes so much sense. So like if we were on Jupiter then we would have Jupiter astrology, which would be totally different to Earth astrology. Mm-hmm. Like that, exactly. I never knew that before, that it's actually seeing it from Earth. So when we're saying planets are retrograding when they're going backwards, they're not actually going backwards. It's just as viewed from the Earth. Yeah, they're passing us. It creates an optical illusion. When you've been in a car and when a car passes, you know, it looks like it's going backwards. Mm. It's just around. It's a traffic jam of sorts. The planets can make loops too. All the planets from Jupiter on, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, which is still a planet in astrology, are retrograde for between four and five months every single year. So people freak out about retrogrades all the time. And 
You know, we were born with Mercury, the planet that rules writing and communication retrograde. And we make our living as writers. That's our primary source of income as astrologers. We've written 13 books. You know, we write a ton of horoscopes on our site, Astro Style, every day. So a retrograde can actually deepen your relationship to the planet's energy. You may have to work a little harder, like Every 18 months, for example, Venus, the planet of love, will go retrograde for six weeks. So anyone who was born in 2020 between May 13th and June 25th will have Venus retrograde in their chart. Now, that doesn't mean they're doomed in love at all. It may mean that they're actually are able to access a deeper level of love. You know, when, when you go backwards, you also plunge inwards and go into more of a, a rooted relationship with the planet. You become a master by repeating the lessons over and over again. So a retrograde can bring mastery. I like mm-hmm. that perception. So what is it that causes an effect on a person when they're born. And, you know, if someone comes two weeks late, if someone comes two weeks early, like how does that shape who they are? Well, you know, we're made of stars and the planets and the sun and everything exert an electromagnetic field and our bodies do too. The heart has an electromagnetic field that goes up to 25 feet out of the body. So we're in a interplay with all these literal measurable energies from the planets and the sun and the motions of them. And then in terms of people being born, we get asked that a lot. Like I was a C-section, should I have a different chart? So personally, and this is my personal belief, I think that a soul incarnates at an exact moment to get the assignment that it needs while it's in a body again. And your chart is like, the map of your assignment. That sounds like a very sci-fi, but I believe that. I believe you're born at the exact second that you're supposed to be born for what you're supposed to learn. And your chart will show the challenges you'll have in this lifetime, as well as the gifts you bring in from prior ones. And then it's up to you. Then you have some free will. What are you going to do with this? You get all these ingredients. What are you going to make? Are you going to make a cake? Are you going to make a meatloaf. I don't know. know, What are you going to make with what you got? And that's what determines how you uh, ascend next. So, yeah, I guess that's where I feel like some people don't like the idea of astrology because it's like, well, we don't have any free will, then it's all predetermined. But it's kind of like what you're saying. It's within these confines, like you can make it what you want to. Is that right? Yeah. It's like your chart is like your factory settings. Like, If you have an iPhone, you take it out of the box. The more you learn how to use it, the more you can customize it. That's where the free will comes in. Like the more you understand your chart, the freer you become because you're like, okay, my automatic tendency might be to be like a Scorpio and get jealous easily or a Sagittarius to talk a lot and not follow through. Is it true that I do that? Sometimes it is. But when I become aware of that, I go, okay, I might do that automatically but now that i know i'm going to i'm going to learn how to not do that i'm going to put in life hacks so that i don't express the negative tendencies of my chart as i would unconsciously so awareness gives you more freedom i love i feel like you just touched on the idea of using astrology to get to know yourself better mm-hmm. and then 
I don't know, heal things, move through things. So it's kind of taking it away from like the fun, which it also is. But you can also use it in this way to help yourself. How accurate do you guys think that horoscopes can be? And do we need to be looking beyond just, oh, I'm an Aquarius? Like, is that more for fun? But you really need to delve down into the other parts of your chart in order to get the most out of them? It's both. That I mean, you can learn a lot from your sun sign. I mean, we publish a book every year, an annual guide based on just the sun sign, because as I said, the chart literally changes every minute. It's almost like the grades in Australia at the end of high school. And, you know, it's like you could have a zillion different combinations that never line up again, except in this rare moment. So we'd have to write like endless scopes and sun sign horoscopes. I mean, we've tested them. We wouldn't waste our time doing them if they didn't work. We think of that as like a broad stroke brush. If you really want to get into the finer details of yourself, definitely run your whole charts, you know, which you can do for free on our our site at astrostyle.com slash birth chart. And it's fascinating to just find out all those pieces. Now, it's always a tricky thing as an astrologer to predict how things are going to play out. At the beginning of 2020, for example, astrologers were looking at this very rare combination that was happening this year of Saturn, the planet of karma, and Pluto, which is the planet of evolution, which were meeting up in Capricorn for the first time since 1518 AD. And we were looking at wow, that's like, what's hidden in the shadows and where are the chickens going to come home to roost and where are we going to have to deal with, you know, and we're seeing that happening globally in terms of the economy, in terms of race conversations, like it's really time to like clean up all the things that we haven't wanted to deal with. And did we know exactly how it was going to play out? No, but we did actually predict a black swan event was going to occur. Capricorn rules the economy. And so we, re- we predicted that in our 2020 book. So if 2020 was kind of showing these big shifts on the cards, then when's it going to end and what's coming next? You know, do you guys have a sense for where we're going from here? Yeah, I mean, we're really, we're moving into the same planetary cycle as here in the United States as when we had the revolution, the American revolution. We're moving toward breaking out of the familiar. The planets are shifting from a lot of Earth energy to air in the new decade. To simplify it, it's like we're going from this individualistic me and mine to this communal, we all are intersected, we're all impacting each other. What happens to you is happening to me. It's going to be impossible for people to live in a bubble as we move forward. We've been able to bubbleize, if you know, I'm making that word up, but this is what I'm focusing on. I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm focused, I'm focused. I'm not looking at that goggles, you know, you know, there's a lot of Aquarius energy, you should be happy to hear coming in at the end of 2020 on the solstice on December 21st, Jupiter and Saturn are meeting up at zero degrees Aquarius. They meet up every 20 years. And so Jupiter is expansive, new thought, and Saturn is the old guard, our boundaries. And so when they meet up, it's it's called the great conjunction because it's almost as these opposing energies that give us this 
great clarity about how to shape the next 20 years. For the last 200 years, these great conjunctions, like Ophi was saying, have happened in Earth signs. So it's been all about land and natural resources and oil. Now the next 200 years, they're all in air signs, which are Aquarius and Gemini and Libra, which is about people, community, technology, working together. So much of what you touched on is what we are hearing and what we have been hearing from a lot of other people who aren't astrology focused. So it's just really interesting and there's something in that, the fact that you can see this in astrology, what other people can feel in energy or what other people can see within history. You know, it's all kind of pointing towards the same thing. So we're kind of talking about astrology in this universal world sense, which is really interesting to hear about because I think that that will be really new for people. But then bringing it back to a personal sense. So you touched on there, you know, you can find a birth chart on your website and you give that out for free, which is really cool. We'll definitely include that in the show notes. So someone's listening to this and they're really excited by everything you're saying and they go on and they read their birth chart and they're like, oh shit, that doesn't resonate with me. What does that mean? That rarely happens. <laughs> oh, really? Because it happened to my friend. It could mean that what they read about it wasn't really a fully fleshed out thing. Or, you know, it's not just about like your moon is this and it's this. They shouldn't do the a la carte astrology. Sometimes it's the way those things work together. And if it doesn't resonate when you read it out of a book separately, you should probably go see a professional astrologer who can actually read the chart because the relationship between the planets, they form different angles. Some mean challenge, some mean opportunity. And you actually need someone who knows how to read charts fully to explain it to you. And then you go, oh, okay. It sounds like it's like a bit of a recipe for a person. And so maybe just looking at the ingredients alone isn't enough, but you actually need to like have it all smushed together to understand. That's a great metaphor. That's like saying, and you know. she's a pastry chef. <laughs> that is just so fitting for her. Oh yeah. Well, tell her just because I have a bag of flour and a couple eggs doesn't mean I know how to make a cake, you know. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm going to text her when we get off. That's awesome. There you go. <laughs> That was just making me think of something that may be really relevant to a lot of your listeners, which is the Saturn return. Have you heard about that? Yeah, we'd love you to explain it. Yeah. So Saturn, which is a planet of maturity, it's like your karmic lessons, wisdom. It takes 29 and a half years to do one full orbit around the sun or around the earth as it looks to us and return to the same zodiac sign it was in when you were born. There's a point at like 29 and a half when it'll be most intense, but you may begin to experience it around your 28th birthday or even for some people a little bit later at their 30th birthday or 29 and a half, depending on the degree of Saturn. But it is this three-year period. It's like a cosmic rite of passage. You know, it's like the key to adulting, where you're going to be served a lesson of some sort that teaches you how to step out, be independent. A couple of years ago, people who were born with Saturn and Sagittarius, a lot of them went back to school. Now for the last three years, we've had Saturn and Capricorn and now moving into Saturn and Aquarius people. Saturn and Capricorn people are born between February of 1991 to November 94, but there's a little bit of a Saturn I'm and in Aquarius there. crew in the middle. Yeah. Is that you? Yeah, July 92. 
Okay, so you're in your Saturn return now. You have Saturn and Capricorn. <laughs> Actually, it just is about to end. Saturn and Capricorn people are kind of lucky because that Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn. So it may have been a really great time for business, establishing yourself in the world. So is mine about to end? Because I feel like I experienced mine at 26. But then when you said you don't experience till 29 and a half, I was like, oh, I must be wrong. I haven't had mine yet. Three years before your Saturn return are actually the hardest yeah. time. It's like there's this quarter life crisis that happens. Oh, fuck and yeah. Not really. And then you get to sort it out during the Saturn return. It's like the three years before 26 to 29, you're like, exactly what the fuck? Everything falls apart. It feels like you can't bring it together. You're making all these mistakes. I think that's much better because people who don't, who play it super safe pre-Saturn return, get hit with a much harder lesson from what I've seen. Yeah. The people that get married or whatever, because what happens is you're like, okay, I should have it all figured out. I'm 25 and I'm not a kid anymore. And yet you can't figure out why you can't figure it out. And that's because Saturn, the planet of adulthood, hasn't come along to activate the cycle that really focuses you and disciplines you. And so I tell the people whose charts I read 25, 26, 27, it's like, go take that backpacking trip or bridge job or class. Don't go to law school or dental school or medical school or accrue hundreds of thousand dollars of debt just because you're lost. You're going to hit your Saturn return and be like, I don't fucking want to be a lawyer, you know? And then you'll be stuck with all this debt. So let yourself be. It's just, that's what I love about astrology is it really provides that relief and permission to like, okay, I don't have to have it all figured out. There is the cycle that's coming that's going to help make that happen. When we hit our Saturn return and we were in women's publishing and then we were offered the horoscope column, like Tali said, and then we we're able to take everything we had done in our early 20s with empowering women and bringing people to understand each other across cultures into our horoscopes. We infused all of that. You know, the magazine never made any money. We sold it. It was like the biggest, most painful lesson, but also a huge accomplishment that I felt like a failure when we had to walk away from it, but still 25 years later informs what we do and the values of it. So never feel like you're wasting your time because there will always be another astrological cycle that comes along. If you miss one, there will be another train. It might be a bus instead of a train, but there will be another thing for you to hop on and learn. You'll get your lesson however you need to get it. So. Don't worry. Why the Saturn return, the first one is so profound because you'll have another one in your late 50s is because it's the first time Saturn has actually traveled through every single one of the 12 zodiac signs. So it's almost like each one you're learning how to mature in the area of Aries. Okay, how do I have some backbone? Or Taurus, how do I responsibly, and you might be a child when you get those lessons, you know, Saturn and Gemini can teach you how to speak and be impeccable with your word and when to not talk and when to talk, you know, so you're really getting trained and refined. And then when the Saturn return, you've learned all those lessons, all of a sudden, you kind of have this code for how to do life. I also love that you said 
that it also happens again in your late 50s because I feel like that's such a time for change. Like I remember when our mum was going through that period and actually all my friends' mums, it's like a time where you get this new career. Like they all had this massive career shift where they were like, okay, like what do I want to do now with this next stage of my life? And that also seems like a really cool period of time. We have a friend who went from being a vegetarian cookbook and magazine editor to a shaman. Saturn could be a spiritual planet too. It gets a bad rap, but it's sort of like the tribal elder when it comes around the second time. Like, who are you as this elder in your community, you know, and this sort of earth priestess perhaps. So it can connect you to that earth magic for sure. So if people are excited and they're like, I just need more, where can they find you? You can find us on astrostyle.com or at Astro Twins all over social media. And we have books, we have courses that we do where we really teach you to use your chart for love, career, self-discovery, you know, lots and lots of information, daily, weekly, monthly horoscopes. Come and enjoy it all. Oh, we need all those classes. That sounds <laughs> incredible. We do wrap up all our interviews with some quick fires, if that's cool. Of course. So what is the best thing about being a twin? We can get an answer from each of you for both of them. For me, it is always having someone to share money with. So you only have to buy half of everything and you get to enjoy it full stop. (laughs) Well, I'll say that. And I have a nine-year-old daughter and I can appreciate that Tali and I shared a bedroom. We always had someone to talk to at night. My daughter wants to cuddle with me and talk to me, which I'm happy about, but it's like to have a peer who's going through the same things as you. But like if we didn't have each other to talk to at night when we were going through all those confusing high school times, like I don't know what I would have been like. If I had to figure that out in my head, I'd be screwed. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. What is your favorite cuisine? Oh my God, so many. But we're from Detroit. You know, I love like Mediterranean food. Our dad is from Israel and... A good Greek salad, hummus always goes down well. But then we have this like steak and potatoes side of us with a good glass of red wine from growing up in Detroit, Michigan. So (laughs) we can bounce between both, you know? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I like all food. (laughs) (laughs) Good answer. Oh, when you were talking about like Mediterranean Greek salad, I was imagining being in Mykonos, having like a nice Greek spread. Yum. That sounds so good. Let's go. One day. And last question is, What's the weirdest thing that someone's ever asked you about astrology? Mm, Oh my God, there's so many weird ones. The questions that we sometimes get on social media from people who like, don't even say hello. They're just like, where's my husband? (laughs) It's like, hi, uh, what's your name? You know, just kind of this like expectation that you're going to be like a magic eight ball for them. And so... It's like, hi, there's a human being here. Sometimes people think it's the same thing as palm reading. So they'll come and just stick their hand in my face. Read my palm, read my fortune. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I don't know how to do that. Sorry. (laughs) Are you a Taurus, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Awesome. This was so much fun. I feel like I've learned so much and I've definitely got bitten by the astrology bug. Same. 
Oh my goodness, that was such an interesting chat. I feel like going into it, I didn't know that much about astrology, to be totally honest. Like I was dabbling in the CoStar app, but after talking to these two, I feel like I got totally hooked. Actually went on their website and I did find my birth chart like they suggested. It's completely free, so really encourage you guys to do that. So that's at astrostyle.com. If you did really enjoy this episode, we would just love to ask you to help us get the word out by sharing this episode with a friend. Please make sure you rate us five stars in your podcast app. And of course, come and hang out with us in all our favorite places. Instagram, we are at How to Live the Podcast. And Facebook, our group is called, you guessed it, How to Live the Podcast. Next week on the podcast, the two of us are actually chatting about how to make new friends as an adult, which is something that we have been discussing lately. Steph has been particularly experiencing the challenge of being in a new place in Byron Bay and trying to make some new friends. It's been pretty hilarious. So take a listen. I've seen this happen and it's crazy. Dean goes straight in for the kill and he's just like, oh, hey, we should go for a surf sometime or hey, what are you doing tomorrow night? Do you want to grab dinner together? And I was like, is it that simple? Can you just ask somebody to do something with you? Can't wait to share our friendly insights with you next week. Have a beautiful week. Happy birthday to all you Libras out there and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Na 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 na